welcome to Speak a Dogcast. My name is David Farb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I'm broadcasting from WOUF Woof Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you are going to want to check them out. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Speak a Dogcast. And if you want to support the show even more, you can become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. And if the visual thing is more your thing, you can also follow my YouTube channel at Speak a Dogcast as well. And guys, if you love what you're hearing, do me a favor, scroll on down, click that five-star rating, leave me a review, give me the thumbs up, click the follow button, do everything to help support us. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now on today's show, we have the fourth, the fireworks, and your dog. It is dog owner's most dreaded time of the year. We have to deal with those fireworks. And guys, I'm going to give you some tips and hints on how to go about getting through it. Then we have what makes a balanced dog. Yes, what does make a balanced dog? What goes into it? What creates it? Is your dog balanced? We're going to find out and talk more about it. Then comes the history of Animal Mascots 101. Yes, where we t- our newest segment where we talk about amazing universities and colleges and their amazing mascots and all the history that goes in. It's been a really interesting topic so far. I really have loved this segment, so be sure you check it out. Then comes the listener Q&A, and if you have questions for the listener Q&A, you can email me. Keep them on coming my way. Questions at speakadogcast.com or you can just message me on social media. Now, before we get going with today's show, I have to give you that trivia question, and today's question is going to be, what is the deepest dwelling fish? Yes, what is the deepest dwelling fish in the world? I will give you the answer to that question somewhere in today's show, so be sure you stick around, sit, stay, and enjoy the podcast. Next on Speak a Dogcast, the fourth, the fireworks, and your dog. It's around the corner. It's coming next week, 4th of July. Yes, it is not dog owner's favorite time of the year, is it? No, we have a lot of sounds to deal with that our dogs are not going to react happily to. And look, I'm here to tell you, it is not the easiest thing to deal with the 4th of July. And part of the reason is it's only once, maybe twice a year that we hear fireworks. And in order to address issues like this, I need them to happen over and over to be able to work our dogs through it. So I'm here to tell you this is one of those things where we might just have to throw a Band-Aid on it for the 4th of July. At the same time, there are ways to work through these things. Um, So let's just kind of get into it. First of all, first and foremost, the best thing you can do for 4th of July is be home for your dogs. I know, David, I want to go out. I want to do something. You know what? Maybe you should find a good boarding facility that has good insulation that maybe your dog's going to be more um, apt to be happier there because there's activity going on and things like that. But that's the first thing I want to say, insulation. Let's let's just talk about a well-insulated home. We all can't necessarily create it, but I will say... My old house was not as well insulated as the house that my wife and I live in now. And this house is, is, is quiet. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's quiet. And we luckily really don't run into issues with 4th of July. Now, part of it is I don't have, none of my dogs are scared of fireworks. None of my four dogs anymore. Um, and part of it I do chalk up to when Riker was young, I didn't hide him from the fireworks. We went outside during the fireworks and took him out to go pee, used treats, food, made it not a big deal. Um, we'll talk more about that with puppies and how to get them acclimated in a few, but the point I want to make is if you have a friend who has a very well-insulated, quiet house, a family member, take your dog over there, okay? It's going to be better. The more insulated, the more muffled we can make these noises, the better it's going to be. Obviously, we can turn on music, TVs, anything loud that's going to help that's going to be more of a white noise that they're used to, 
as opposed to having to hear those fireworks. So that's the first thing I will say is if you can find a better insulated place to take your dog, please do, because it helps a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, obviously with cutting down the noise for them, because, you know, guys, we know their ears are very strong. Uh, their ears are very in tune and that it's going to be loud for them. That's part of it. Not only is this a scary noise, right? It's scary. It's loud. It booms. Not only that, but their ears, it, it's got to be really intense. So not only is it a noise out of nowhere that we don't normally experience, but it's very loud. Um, so again, insulated house. That's the best way to start. Now, I know the next thing I can hear is David, my, my, my vet is recommending that I medicate my dog. Look, I'm, I, I get it. We don't want our dogs to be anxious. Um, at the same time, I don't really want my dog to be drugged. So look, this is sort of a to each his own kind of thing. If that's what you feel like you need to do for your dog to get them through the fourth, then hey, you know, again, to each his own. I would personally rather try to rely on maybe some more natural things like some melatonin or something like that. That's just my personal thing. Um, but, you know, again, hey, to each his own. I don't want your dogs hurting themselves. I don't want anybody getting hurt or anything like that. So if it is a very extreme situation, then yeah, look, maybe that is one of those moments where medication might be necessary, okay? I just personally try to avoid it at all costs. That's just, you know, my two cents on it. Now, with that said, for 4th of July, any or firework holiday, right? It's 4th of July and New Year's, but that's where we are, 4th of July. Uh, <laughs> I wanna set my dog up for success for the night. And so not only yes, quiet place, maybe medication. How about the thing that nobody thinks about? Exercise, 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 exercise. Guys, if you spend five days leading up to 4th of July exercising your dog like you never have before, doubling your walk time, doubling your play time, extra doggy day camp days, socialization with their friends, the dog park, if you double all of that, it's gonna go a long way toward helping to the 4th of July. Guys, a tired dog is a dog who doesn't wanna be anxious. I mean, that's just, look, when we deal with anxiety issues, right? Uh, uh, even separation anxiety. Any, any, when we deal with anxiety issues, one of the number one ways that I tackle that is through exercise. Structured exercise, structured, but exercise nonetheless. So when we talk about something like 4th of July that's very scary, it's very intense, it's, we need our dogs to be tired. No, we need our dogs to be downright exhausted, okay? Because the more tired they are, the more apt they're going to go, eh, whatever, I'm just going to go back to sleep. I don't know, I hear the noise. Not to say that it's going to be the end all be all and it's going to just instantly fix your anxious dog with the fireworks, but I am telling you, it's going to help. And I have seen dogs where just exercising them makes a ton of difference. We went from shaking and panting and running around the house to just sort of sitting there with a little panting and not being thrilled with it. I would take that over the intense anxiety any day. Look, with that said, um, my old dog, Penny Lane, she didn't love fireworks. We'd go outside, she'd, I'd, you know, middle of 4th of July, she would pee, but then she'd want to go right back inside. And she didn't come inside and shake or cower or pant. She just kind of went and laid, you know, usually found like a the be, uh, uh, couch or something in the corner and just laid down. You could tell she wasn't thrilled with it, but she dealt with it. It wasn't scaring her out of her mind. She just didn't love it. So if I have a dog like that, I'll be honest, guys, cool. You know what I mean? Like it, it, this is one of those moments where it's not something I can set up and really work on over and over over the course of months. I mean, short of literally going and buying hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of fireworks and working every dog through it, there's really not a way to set this up because when it comes to training, it's all about being able to set them up for failure in order to create success. But if it's something that happens one day out of the year, it's really tough to work through something. That's why I'm the first to tell you. This is why I'm like, look, if, if a medication is going to help for the night and the dog, you know, it's one of, that's one of those moments where I'm like, okay, exception to the rule. 
But it's what, again, this is where if my dog is just willing to deal with it and it's all good, then hey, take it and be done with it. Now we come out for Penny, we, we tried to work, we would do food and things like that. And she would eat our dinner and she didn't used to and she was a little fireworks. Okay, so we made progress with her too, even though she didn't love it. Um, she did fine. She'd eat her dinner, she'd go out and pee. She just didn't love it. To me, that's not that anxious if she's still willing to eat. That's that's pretty good. Um, so again, every dog's going to be a little different, and you kind of just have to pick your battles with the 4th of July. I'm just being honest with you. Short of literally buying fireworks and working through it for a while, you're not going to be able to win this battle necessarily. You might, but, you know. So I just want you all to take that with a grain of salt on being able to work your dogs through the fireworks, actually get them comfortable. Now, with that said, do you know how we got Penny? Here's how we got Penny to come off of it over the years. I didn't coddle her. Guys, this is the number one mistake people make when their dogs are anxious or scared, especially during thunderstorms and fireworks. Please, I implore you, please don't coddle your dog when they're scared during the fireworks. I know it's our human instinct to want to do that, but you're making it worse, okay? Your dog is looking for their safety blanket, and if you give them their safety blanket, they're going to start relying on it. They're going, oh my God, I need my baha, and it's only going to make them more anxious. Dogs are very much state of mind, right? We've talked. Dogs are state of mind. So if they're scared and you give them affection while they're scared, they're going to go, oh, keep doing that. Keep being scared. Okay. 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 So I don't want you to be mean. Okay. So, well, all right, David. So how does this work? Well, let's say, okay, fireworks start going off and your dog comes up and you're sitting on the couch watching TV and your dog comes up and wants to like lay on you. And <laughs> I'm going to tell them, no, go on, go on. Little tough love. Okay, I'm gonna tell them get off of me, essentially, is what I'm saying. You don't get to lay on your safe. You wanna go lay five feet from me on the couch, I'm cool with that, but you're not gonna lay on me. Don't get, make them deal with it in a little bit of a way. It's not gonna be, you guys, I know, like, dogs are anxious, I wanna comfort them. David, guys, <laughs> third person, I'm getting myself confused. You cannot coddle your dogs into being calm like that. It's just not gonna help. It's going to make it worse. So I need a little tough love. Is there, you know, like, and this is where we go back on, people go, well, David, I like to give my dog a safe space. Is it okay to let them go in the closet and put their dog bed in there and let them lay there if I'm not in there coddling them? Yes. It goes back to sort of the first thing I said, one of the first things I said where it's create an insulated environment. You know, oftentimes closets tend to be more in the interior of the house. They're not an exterior wall. So they that's why you'll find dogs, you know, people go, oh, my dog runs to the closet during uh, the fireworks. Probably uh, because they know they can hear they're not stupid that it's less intense in the closet So can you set up a little area in your closet for your dog to be relaxed? Sure as long as we're not coddling them in there Excuse me in there again. This is how Penny got better over the years. I didn't coddle her I let her deal with it. I tried to make her comfortable and let her deal, but I don't coddle them Okay, and she got pretty darn good with those fireworks by the end, right? And same thing with my guys, Riker, when he was a puppy, and you could tell the firework went off, and he's like, what the hell was that? The last thing I want to do is, it's okay, it's okay, Riker, because all he's hearing is, why is your tone getting, like, anxious? Why do you sound unsure, Dad? That's not what I want to say. And I want to go, hey, don't worry about it. Good, sit. Good boy, give him a treat. Now the firework goes off. Hey, Riker, look at me. Good boy, sit. Notice I'm not even acknowledging the fireworks. I'm not even making it a big deal. That's the point. That's why Riker's not anxious about fireworks, because as a puppy, we dealt with it. All right? So again, I know, you know, it's, it's not, it's like a little easier said than done kind of thing with fireworks, but there's a lot of these things we can do to try to make them better. Now, on the natural side of stuff, like I kind of talked about a few minutes ago, melatonin, right? We all know what melatonin is. It's in uh, um, 
having a milk, right? That's why you like, if you have a warm glass of milk before you go to bed, it's supposed to make you sleep better. It's the melatonin. That's why guys, they do make melatonin in pill forms. You can give melatonin to your dog. They even make melatonin specifically for dogs. So definitely ask your vet on what they would recommend the best thing for your dog for melatonin. Um, another natural thing that I like, it's something called rescue remedy. It's a little, little bottle with like a little drop that's droplets. It's a liquid. Um, it's called rescue remedy. They tend to sell it at like GMC, you know, like health food stores, things like that. Flower power is the other nickname for it. You might've heard me talk about it before on the podcast. And I will say, I admit there's something in that. Uh, it's got, you know, natural flower extracts and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it definitely can calm dogs down a bit. You can put it under their tongue. You can put it in their water. I recommend doing it in starting day of 4th of July. Don't wait till the fireworks come. Um, but it, it definitely can help. So I prefer to go the natural routes. Again, if I exercise my dog and get them really exhausted the days leading up, I mean really exhausted, then we add in the natural stuff, the melatonin, and then we don't coddle them. And maybe we create a little safe space, and but we're not caught. You might be surprised how much better your dog will do during the 4th of July. Again, this isn't like the this isn't an ideal situation. This isn't something we can set up and 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 fix and try to work through over and over and over. This is one of those moments where I go, look, guys, training sometimes has to just be put on hold a little bit. And it's not, I mean, we're still doing some training if you really, you know, if you listen to what I'm telling, right? We're still doing some training. But the actual working through it over and over, sometimes we just gotta put that on hold and and, and deal with deal with the cards we're being given. The fact that it's fourth of July, I can't recreate this. It is what it is. So in a sense, I need you to kind of just do what you got to do to get through it for your dog. The other option is to work through it. Okay, now here it is. The other option, and I've done this a little bit where um, I had a dog years ago where um, her every 4th of July she'd come to me. because, <laughs> And she did. She got better, but still was never great. She was older when we started working with her too. But her owners lived in a neighborhood where across the street, across the lake from them, they, someone, I mean, the guy must have just been a pyromaniac or something, just huge fireworks display. I mean, like professional, legit, and it's right next to their house. I mean, that's probably why their dog got scared. We're not just talking like neighbors setting off mortars. We're talking like a fireworks show. Um, and so I would bring her over to my house on the 4th of July. And look, we also, we lived in Orlando. So you could hear, you could hear Disney and Universal on 4th of July. Oh yeah. You heard those fireworks going off because uh, they did extra big, loud shows. And so we'd sit on the patio with her and we'd work her through it. I don't know. I don't think I still video of that. I took video years ago. It was probably three, four phones ago though. Um, before the days of Instagram, <laughs> or at least before the days I was on Instagram. Um, anyway, and we worked through it. Okay, it wasn't always pretty. She was anxious. She'd pant, and we, but we worked through it. We sat on the patio, enjoyed some drinks with some friends, and listened, watched the fireworks, and we worked her through it. She definitely got better. Okay, working. So that is another option. Actually, taking them out into it and working. Now, be careful with this one, guys. Please be careful. Don't just say, "Oh, David told me to take my dog out into the fireworks." You could make it worse. So if that is something you want to do, where you really want to try to work through it, please reach out to a professional. Hire a professional. Have somebody work with you on the Fourth of July through this stuff because you don't want to make your situation worse. So yes, we can work through this even more in a, in a more in depth way but I want you to be cautious about it. So again, guys, let's just take this and let's look at it as this is a one day a year where we really kind of just got to do what we got to do. We got to exercise, 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 proper walk our dogs days before 4th of July, getting them extra exhausted, doubling our walks, doubling our playtime, doubling our doggy day camp time, get them tired. I cannot stress it enough. 
Okay. On top of that, we don't want to coddle our dogs when they do get scared. We want a little tough love. Okay. Um, I don't mind them being comfortable. I want them to be comfortable, but I don't need them to have that safety blanket. So we don't want to coddle them during the fireworks. We want to make sure we're providing a little bit of a boundary there. Okay. Now, of course, we can add the supplements such as melatonin and uh, rescue remedy or flower power. We can add those little natural supplements. If it's really extreme, guys, and you want to talk to your vet about medication, hey, to each his own. But I personally don't like to med my dogs like that ever, let alone for something like fireworks. I prefer to at least try to work through it to some degree, okay? Um, but really, when it comes down to it, you can always create a little safe space in your closet for your dogs. Let's remember, closets tend to be more interior uh, rooms in the house, tend to provide a little more insulation from that sound. And the other thing is, if you do have a friend, a neighbor, someone that has a really well-insulated home, take your dog over there for the fourth. It really can help bring that intensity of the anxiety down. All right. So look, good luck out there. Uh, please be safe, guys. Please be safe. It's 4th of July. Friends don't let stupid friends light fireworks. Just saying. Uh, be smart. Be safe. Have a happy 4th. And good luck out there keeping your dog calm through the fireworks. Are you tired of your dog barking all the time? Or maybe you want them to stop jumping on people when they come over. Or does your dog take you for a walk instead of the other way around? Well, we can help. At The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, we are committed to improving the relationships and lives people have with their pets. No matter what behavioral issue you are experiencing, from an unruly puppy to more severe issues, we can help. Our virtual training programs are catered to you and your pet and create a training plan that gets results. For more information, you can check out our website at www.thenatureoftraining.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Speak a Dogcast. With the ability to connect, teach, and train with pet owners around the world, together we can make a better home for our furry friends. The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, helping you achieve success with your pet. makes a balanced dog. Now we all want a balanced dog. Do we all spend enough time creating it? Probably not. Look, when we talk about the word balance, what does balanced mean? Balance. Balanced, we have a little bit here, a little bit there. That's what creates balance, okay? And I like to kind of give this example that another behavior specialist gave me years ago. When we think about balance and behavior, I want you to think about it like it's a ping pong ball. And the ping pong ball is on the table. And what creates balanced behavior is getting that ping pong ball across the table in a straight line, right? It goes from point A to point B straight across. But here's the thing. When it comes to balance, right, it's not one thing. It's a balance of two. So we can't just force the ball across the table from behind in one direction. There's not one thing that gets us good be desired behaviors that gets us a balanced dog. It's not going to be one piece of information, one thing. So therefore, in order to get this ball across the table in a straight line, I have to push a little bit on the left, a little bit on the right, a little bit on the left, a little bit on the right, a little bit on the left, a little bit on the right, until that ball makes its way straight across the table. That is the essence of balance, right? A little bit here, a little bit there, a little piece here, a little piece there, a little bit of reinforcement, a little bit of punishment, a little bit of direction, right? Okay. That is how we create balance, whether it be in our own lives, human psychology, dog psychology, that's the essence of it right there. The ping pong ball across the table and we can't push it from behind. We have to give a little piece on the left, a little piece on the right. The thing is most people spend the time 
only giving one piece of information on the left and the ball ends up across the table diagonally and we don't have a balance. We have a dog out of balance, right? What's the one side that people give? <laughs> what's, what's the one piece of info people give to push the dog off the table in one direction? Affection, love. Well, I give my dog all the food and love in the world. I don't know why he's lashing out at everybody because you're missing the discipline side, guys. You're missing the discipline part. And it, it, it kind of, this is something I've been seeing a lot lately where it really blows my mind that people are afraid to provide discipline to their dogs. And discipline doesn't mean anything horrible, guys. It means structure, rules, boundaries, and a potential consequence for certain actions. Um, you know, I see it a lot with puppies, especially where people are, oh, I can't, I don't want to discipline. I want my puppy. I don't want to take their, I don't want to take their personality away. I don't want to distinguish their, extinguish their flame. I want them to be themselves. And I don't know about you guys, but I was raised with discipline and I am damn grateful my parents did because it didn't break my spirit. <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, I'm, I'm able to talk on a podcast. I'm not in jail. I pay my taxes. I hope to like, I'd like to think I'm a pretty well-adjusted uh, contributing member to society pretty well. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm grateful my parents disciplined me. I'm grateful society disciplines people when they are out of line because that is psychology 101. That is the way this stuff works. Look, balance, right? Discipline and affection. That's what creates a whole. And if we think about the world around it, like let's get a little philosophical for a second. When we think about the universe and the way the universe and the world functions, it's all an ebb and flow of information. It really is. The sun rises, the sun sets. The moon comes up, the moon goes down. Day one, day two, you know, day, night. Uh, tides come in, tides go out. Everything is this constant ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. There's not one piece of information. It's not just sunlight 24 hours a day. It is if you live in certain parts of Alaska at certain times of year, but there it is, certain times of the year. It doesn't stay that way 365. There is always... Always, 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 always an ebb and flow in this universe. A little bit of the yin and yang, if you will. Okay, we look around us and stars create, then they supernova explode and go away. We have black holes. It's an ebb and flow of this constant energy, if you will, right? Because that's all we all are. We're all just kind of balls of energy, if we think about it. Um, <laughs> it's true. All right, so constant ebb and flow. And what happens when we give our dogs only the ebb and not the flow? We get an imbalanced dog. There's that ping pong ball falling off the side of the table. And when the ping, what's the, what's the metaphor? What is that? I mean, that is the metaphor, the ping pong ball falling off the table. For what? For a dog that's anxious, for a dog that's unbalanced, a dog that's, that's, that's anxious, that's aggressive, that's uh, fearful, that any of these um, things we think of, it's because we have an imbalance in that dog's life and because we haven't created balance in that dog's life because that's the reality dogs cannot just create balance themselves sure there's a one in a million where the dog just happens to be awesome but even then got news for you guys it's what's going on in your life around you that conditions those behaviors it's true so no a dog just doesn't just naturally perfectly become this balanced awesome thing it just it, that's not the way it works it's a product of their genetics and their environment whatever information they're given the ebb and flow of of discipline reward all right so there is no such thing as just an inherently perfect dog. There's just not. There's just not. It was created, and that balance was created, whether through passive or active reinforcement. Either way, it's been created. So when we talk about balance, 
When we talk about balance in a dog's life, we have to go way back to when they're little puppies because here's the thing. This is, this is where the imbalance starts. You ready for it? It's when we pluck them from their moms and siblings. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when we take a puppy away from their litter, when we take a puppy away from mom and siblings, we're taking away all of this very valuable knowledge and information that your dog is now not going to get on how to be a good dog. Seriously. Mom comes in and disciplines puppies. The puppies go in and discipline each other. They learn where the lines are. They learn not to bite tails, because if they do, someone's gonna turn around and bite them, all right? Just an example. We have to start thinking that when we take a dog out of their litter, we're taking away vital information. And then we bring them into our homes and what do we do? We give them love and affection and food and toys and a dog bed and the, all these great things. And, and what do we not give them? Discipline, rules, boundaries. And this is where we get the imbalance, okay? So people don't really like to hear that. Oh, I don't want to discipline my dog, David. Guys, I got news for you. You don't really have an option. I'm sorry, you just, you don't. You have to discipline your dog. And that doesn't mean harsh punishment. It doesn't mean anything terrible. It just means rules and boundaries, guys. I don't know about you, but I don't want my dogs, like for example, jumping all over people when they come over, right? That's a rule. That's a boundary. Uh, we have to create it or else the dog doesn't know not to. All right, so... Let's get into how we actually create a balanced dog. Guys, it's always going to start with the walk. Always 100% going to start with a proper walk, a daily walk, because I can guarantee you and promise you 100% certainty, if you are not getting a daily proper walk in, pretty much no way your dog is going to be balanced. It's, it's just that simple, guys. Even if you've done everything else correct, if you're not walking your dog daily on a proper walk, it's going to cause issues. Even if it's just your dog being a little antsy, I, I'm telling you. Walk your dogs. <laughs> you want a balanced dog? You absolutely must walk your dog daily and do it properly. These free-for-all walks where the dog's just six feet in front of you, sniffing and peeing on everything every five seconds, that's not going to do it, guys. That's not balance. That's not what creates structure and focus and rules. Balance is all about that. structure. It's not to say my dog can't go have fun, but if I don't get the structure first, then forget it, you know? It's that simple. So the walk, the walk, the walk, the walk, the walk. You've heard me. I, I'm just that's. I'm just gonna the walk. <laughs> you have to walk your dog to create a balanced dog. It's that. It really is that simple, guys. Now, the walk and the exercise are an important part of it, but it's also what we do at home with our dogs, how we interact with them, what we let them do. And look, I'm the first to say it. Your dog is your dog. It is. It's your dog. So whatever rules you want to create for your dog, I tell all my clients, it's your dog. Teach his own, you know? Um, personally, I don't like half of the <laughs> rules people let their dogs do. It's just me, personally. And we, we can even say that, I hate to say it, some personal rules are not so great, okay? Like, like a dog losing their mind at you and jumping all over you when you walk in the door. Some people go, oh, it's adorable. Like, that's not balance, guys. If your dog's <laughs> like can't even can't even stand themselves at your home, they just <laughs> that's not balance. But David, I want my dog to want to love me when I get home, guys. Your dog wanting to love you and your dog absolutely almost losing their breath because they oh my yeah. <laughs> not the same thing. Not the same thing. You want a balanced dog? We have to have. How about a happy dog? Nice wagon tail. They come to see you. Maybe a little bit of panting. Okay, but not none of that crazy stuff. They're not whining. They're not jumping. They're not going. Just a nice happy hello. 
little tail wag coming in. Yeah, cool, awesome. People, we, we, we don't, this is one of my biggest pet peeves is people think an anxious dog is a happy dog. Look, he's happy, he's smiling. No, he's anxious, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just, oh, it's driving me crazy because we've all, we've all been so far removed from nature, we forget what balance even looks like, even in ourselves. Whew, truth bomb. Look, I think we're really bad at creating balance in our own lives. I'm just going to say it. We're all terrible at it. You're bad at it too. Um, I'm just being honest. I'm not the greatest at it. I'm trying to work. My wife and I, we're working on it. We're getting better and creating better balance in our lives. Because I truly believe without balance, um, you can't truly be in the moment and enjoy life the way you could. I mean that. I've said it before. Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. Love it. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes. To live in the future is to be anxious. To live in the past is to be depressed. To live in the present is to know peace. And it's very poignant when you really think about it, especially when I take that phrase and I start thinking about it from a perspective of a dog. Here's the thing, guys. Dogs live in the moment. It's all about what's happening right here, right now. If a dog is starting to think about what's coming next, that's not natural, number one. And it's not healthy because dogs literally can't do that. They're, they can't, they can't anticipate what's about to happen. You know, even like they, um, example, I, I have a dog, um, just started working with where, uh, she gets a little aggressive, uh, toward people and I, I aggressive, it, not quite bad yet, but not going the right direction. Um, anyway, we just, just started working with them and, Someone can introduce themselves to the dog. The dog will finally calm down. All is well. They leave, maybe walk out of the room to use the bathroom, come back, and the dog's lashing out at them again. And this was one of the comments the owner said. They said, like, doesn't she, how does she not realize and remember? Like, does she have amnesia? I'm going, look, she doesn't have amnesia. It's not that they, it's not like that. It's just that she is so on edge and living her life in this anxious state of, I need to be aware of everything. She's trying to anticipate everything. And, and, and then what ends up happening is an imbalance because she can't. Dogs can only live in the moment. So when they start trying to anticipate something that hasn't happened yet, it doesn't work and it creates anxiety, creates stress because they literally can't do it. For that matter, human beings, we can, <laughs> we can constantly harp on what's about to happen, what's about to happen, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And when we start living in that what if mentality, what happens to us? We become very anxious, don't we? anticipating the worst possible thing to happen. And we just, <gasps> pretty similar to your dog, isn't it? It's almost like psychology is a universal concept. Hmm. So, to live in the past is to be depressed, to live in the future is to be anxious, to live in the moment, to live in the now, to be here. That's how we know peace. Your dogs are the essence of that, guys. And so when your dog has this imbalance of constantly waiting for the next thing and looking, they can't do it. It's unhealthy and, and, and it creates anxiety or depression. If so you want to create balance in your dog's life. You have to have discipline, rules, and structure. It starts with the exercise and the walks, but then the in-between stuff. When we're at home, like I said, somebody comes inside and your dog starts jumping and getting anxious and losing their mind. And people go, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't how about we start really basic, guys? How about we leash our dogs up? Like, let's go back to just basic, basic, basic stuff. Well, let's see. 
got to like, let's, let's think about it. My dog is uncontrolled and they're doing stuff I don't want them to when people walk in. Well, if they're uncontrolled, what do we have to do? Create control. How do we create control? Through restraint. I can't expect my dog to do anything differently if I don't get them to do something differently. Right? So if we want to create balance in our dog's life, you guys, you know it. You're like, oh yeah, my dog does get anxious and well, yeah, he does. But well, he gets a little crazy in the crate when we come home and he loses his mind and then bolts out of the crate. And I'm hitting on the, I know I'm hitting the nail for a lot of you guys here. So you have to start thinking, okay, David, I guess I can slow it down. I guess I can get the leash out. Maybe I'm being a little lazy. I know. Why? Because we don't have balance in our own lives. I'm telling you, you get home, you're David, I'm exhausted from work. I don't want to deal with the dog. And there's an imbalance in your own life. And now we have an imbalance in our dog's life. And we wonder why. Look, guys, I, I don't. I don't love the way society is today. I'm just going to be honest. I don't. I think we're all moving too damn fast. I don't think as human beings we're designed to do the things that we're doing now with, with computers and technology and this constant just, just stimulus in our face all the freaking time and flashing lights and go, 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 go and make money and do <sighs> There's more to life than that, guys. And our dogs are screaming at us. They're trying to tell you, hey, I'm imbalanced because you're imbalanced unbalanced, excuse me. You really want to make a difference in your dog's life. You got to take a mirror and hold it up to yourself. Do I have balance in my life? Am I balanced? Am I constantly running out the door, freaking out that I'm guilty, right? Guilty. Okay. Your dogs pick up on this stuff and it creates their uneasiness and their uh, imbalance in their lives. Okay. So we have to start thinking of balance as something we can control with our dogs. We can control with ourselves. And if we can create that balance through rules, structure, discipline, boundaries, and affection, you'll be surprised. You'll be very surprised how much more uh, well-adjusted you and your dog can be. So I implore you guys, there's a balance in your life. Figure it out. Find a way to tip the scales in your and your dog's favor. And you guys will be much more balanced and much more happy in your lives together. The answer to today's trivia question, what is the deepest dwelling fish? It's the Mariana snailfish. Yes, they have been known to exist at a depth of over 27,000 feet. Speaking Dogcast, it's the history of Animal Mascots 101. Now today, we'll be talking about Villanova University. Now, Villanova is a private Roman Catholic research university located in Villanova, Pennsylvania. It was founded by Augustinians in 1842 and named after St. Thomas of Villanova. The university is the oldest Catholic university in Pennsylvania and one of only two Augustinian institutions in the United States. Now, to find the right mascot, the school actually held a contest involving the entire university. But it was Edward Hussinger, a former All-American defensive end at Notre Dame, who had recently been hired as the assistant coach of the football team, who came up with the nickname of Wildcats. 
Yes, the team, now the term wildcat can be used as a generalized word for a few different types of wildcats, such as the bobcat or the lynx. And the Villanova mascot is really sort of more evolved into the look of a bobcat. Now the term wildcat is meant to convey the image, uh, a quote actually, excuse me, quoting the university, convey the image of an animal that is successful in its quest to survive using its ferocious attitude, speed, agility, and alertness. Now, there were other nicknames given to some of the sports teams specific and specific individual sports. In fact, up until the late 1970s, the women's sports teams were referred to as the Wild Kittens. <laughs> During the 70s and 80s, individual sports were nicknamed the Track Cats for the track team, Water Cats for the water polo team, and the Pole Cats for the Pole Vaulters. Now, into the 90s, all the sports were then referred to as the Collective Wildcats. In 1930, 1945, 1947, and the 1949 season, Villanova did actually have a live wild, uh, live bobcat that was kept in a cage on campus at the Fieldhouse and made appearances at both home and away games. Each cat shared the name Count Villain. An odd name, <laughs> yes, but it was actually given through a contest run by the athletics department. That name didn't stick around for long. It was actually only uh, attached to the live bobcat. But after retiring the use of the live bobcat, a person in a suit was obviously the next logical choice. Now the bobcat is named Will D. Cat, right? Will, first name, middle name, middle initial D, and cat. Spells out wildcat. Come on, guys. Will D. Cat. <laughs> Now, his costume has on, uh, undergone various alterations and upgrades over the years to now resemble the Villanova Wildcat that cheers on the teams today. Next on Speaking Dogcast, it's a listener Q&A. The first question today comes from Phil from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Phil says, my wife and I have a Bernadoodle who's about 90 pounds. He's a big, lovable dog. We've really worked hard at his training, and he's turning out to be such a great addition to our family. But we have a friend in town staying with us, and for some reason, he growled at him when he came to the front door, and he's been avoiding him ever since. What can we do to fix this? I've never seen him like this before. Phil, thanks for the question. Uh, look, pretty simple fix. I want you to have your friend take your dog for a walk without you there, right? Nobody there but your friend and your dog, okay? They're gonna go for a walk together. They're gonna hang out. They're gonna become best buds. Yes, this is one way we really can fix this. Um, number one, we're taking them out of the home, putting them into a neutral environment. And number two, we're taking away you guys. So now it's just your dog and this guy. And the, pa uh, the pack walk, as we know, can be a good bonding experience for dogs. And so by allowing your dog to, to feel comfortable and, and go on a walk and it can actually help that bond grow. Um, I've actually, we've, I've seen this issue before and a lot of times that walk, boom, we'll just, we'll take care of it, okay? Ideally, I want your friend to just ignore your dog, okay? Like even when he goes for the walk, just take the leash and go. Don't even say anything to him. Just go for a walk. When he comes back inside, take off the leash and ignore him. Don't say anything to him. No eye contact. One of the best things your friend can do is show, look, I'm not a threat to you. Because for whatever reason, your dog's a little nervous about him. And so if your friend tries to over-engage and makes that intense eye contact, it's okay, it's okay it can actually make your dog more nervous. That's why I recommend your friend just kind of ignore him and take your dog for a walk. That bond will grow and you'd be surprised how quickly that'll take care of it. Especially since I'm hearing, you know, overall your dog is, sounds like you don't really have any other issues going on. You said you've been training and working hard and this is the first time you've seen something like that. Chalk it up to a coincidence uh, and work through those things and that should take care of it. Next question. 
This comes from Vicki from Charlotte, North Carolina. Vicki says, My husband and I love to go hiking on the weekends with our dog and kids, but lately our dog has been starting to bark and growl at other dogs. It's not all the time, but he never used to do this. I feel like it might even be getting worse. Now, he's only one years old, and we love taking him out so much, I don't want him to not enjoy the experience as well. Any help would be great. Thanks for the question, Vicki. Yeah, look, I, I can't sit here and tell you why your dog decided one day to do this. That's... You know, we can play that game and we're never going to know and that's fine. Um, but it sounds like you really just need to work on redirecting your dog's focus when it sees other dogs and trying to redirect away and redirect the focus back up at you and reward it when he does. Okay, kind of basic and kind of simple. Um, look, without really kind of seeing this too and exactly what's setting him off and it's a little hard to, to kind of go about fixing that without seeing any of the triggers. But what I will say is you want to look for a couple things. Number one, if you see another dog over-engaging your dog, turn and walk the other way because what's going to happen is your dog is going to over-engage. They're going to lock eye contact and that's going to create tension and most likely what's bubbling your dog up. Okay, so being that it's not all the time, I would have to guess that it's probably dogs over-engaging him that he doesn't like, even if it's something as simple as a stare, a look, maybe they're not even barking. But that over-engagement can sometimes make dogs nervous out on the walk, especially when we're on leash, right? Think about it. Fight and flight. Your dog's on leash. Can't run away. So it knows, here's something that's threatening to me. I can't run away from this, so I'm going to go, err, and give it a warning, right? So what we need to show your dog is that that one, that doesn't work for them, right? He's trying to get that dog to go away, and instead, we turn around and we go away, okay? So that's the first thing. I want to try to cut off the stare, cut off any intense looks, and redirect that focus away. Once the focus is redirected away from the dog, we reinforce it with treats, food, praise, okay? A little easier said than done, maybe, but ideally, like going back to my kissing noise exercise, um, kissing noise. If you have a good kissing noise exercise strengthening, and your dog looks up at you, you should be able to see that moment where your dog is about to maybe get a little intense and you can redirect it with the kissing noise. They look up at you and you reward it. So now we're rewarding your dog not focusing on the dog and instead focusing on you, okay? Um, that's a couple different ways we want to try to tackle it. Number one, head off any staring from another dog or your dog, right? Any intense stares, we want to try to head off and go the other way. Number two, try to redirect that focus back up toward you and reinforce it. The idea is we want to teach your dog that leaving those things alone actually gets him something and there's no reason to be worried about it, okay? Kind of basic in a nutshell, but I hope that works out. Let me know if you have any more questions. <music> That's going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you're going to want to check them out. If you haven't left me a rating or review yet and you love what you're hearing, do me a favor, click that five stars, give me a thumbs up, let me know what you're thinking. You can follow me on Instagram at speakadogcast. Become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. I want to thank my patrons, my pup supporter, Ragula Wright, and my dog friend, Maureen Crossan. Have a wonderful week and don't forget to get out there and walk your dog. Oh,